This is episode 146 of the Beyond the Food Show, and today we're going to get real personal. We're going to talk about my weight struggle, my weight struggle as a nutritionist, and we're going to answer listeners' question around this topic. This is meant to help all the women that are struggling with their weight right now. Stay tuned. My name is Stephanie Dodier, clinical nutritionist. I reversed my diagnosis of anxiety, depression, adrenal fatigue, and obesity by going beyond the food. I can tell you one thing, that willpower, discipline, and deprivation aren't the permanent solution to transforming your relationship to food. So how do you leave overeating, emotional eating, food craving, and binging behind you so you have the food freedom to achieve all of your goal and be happy now? As a top 25 alternative health podcast in the world, this is the Beyond the Food Show. I have created an audio training entitled How to Change Any eating habit, specifically the one that is sabotaging you, three strategies to create the consistency and confidence you need to change your eating habit without willpower or discipline. I did this in order to help women like yourself engage with food in a completely different perspective so that they stop craving, overeating, binging, and using food to feel better. You can put an end to the cycle of frustration, the all-or-nothing mindset, and shame towards your own body and become a motivated, consistent, focused, and self-loving version of yourself. This free audio training is about the why we eat, how we eat, so that the what we eat can be easy, effortless, and pleasurable. So if you are ready to step into the new version of yourself so that you can change how you interact with food, head over to stephaniedodzie.com slash training right now. Ladies, this is Stephanie. I am a bit anxious. I'm a bit anxious today about this episode because this is going to be real raw and honest. Today I'm answering a listener's question, and it's a listener's question that goes as follows. Can you share with us how you deal with your weight struggle? And I got to say this question was received about a month ago, and it really pushed me. It pushed me in for about 10 or 15 minutes, I became really uncomfortable with the thought that one of my listeners was thinking that I was fat and that I had trouble with this. It really put things in perspective for me. And the thought lasted about 10 minutes because I've done a lot of personal self-growth and self-worth, right? And I always say it's not about perfection. It's about being able to catch our thoughts and reframe them. And I quickly reframed it in which... How can I take this question to help other people? Because it's a partnership right now between you, the listener, and me, the podcaster. And if I can properly express what 
goes on in my own life, share my own story being authentic, that is the best way to impact your life. So it took me a long time before actually deciding to put this question on the confirm schedule of the podcast. And once I did, I reflected up to yesterday on the best way to answer this question. And here's where this question and the answer is grounded into. It's grounded into the fact that 91% of women do not like their body and resort to dieting. This is an official stat from the World Health Organization, which means that nine out of 10 of my listener, because all of my listeners are women, mostly I think anyway, nine out of 10 out of you do not like their body and resort to dieting. And that's where the listener was coming from. And that's what took me about 15 minutes to get. It wasn't about me. It was about her. It was about her and her difficulty dealing with her weight struggle. And then it became clear as to why I needed to do this episode. Because for most of you and me in the past, my weight was my body, right? In the core of myself, I could not love myself, which resulted in me not being able to deal with my body. And today I've come to term into peace and to a place of neutrality with that. So you see my photo and my pictures on social media. And for nine out of 10 out of you, it doesn't correspond to what you believe to be an acceptable body because you are still in that place where you think like society in which a body that is acceptable has to be at a certain weight. A body that is deemed to be healthy has to be at a certain weight. So she assumed that her truth was my truth. Because let's face it, the vast majority of the world today in North America, first world country, think like that. So Understanding where she came from, understanding her struggle, that created the response that I'm going to give you today. So the answer I'm going to share with you today is not a conventional approach. It's not the approach that you're likely expecting coming from a health expert or a nutritionist. It's an answer that will likely ruffle some feather. But I know that it will help you deal with weight differently because of my own struggle for 20 plus years and dealing with my weight, having tried everything, literally everything possible except surgery, I came to that, what I'm going to share today as a conclusion. So I'm going to share my journey with my weight. Now, some of you may have listened to episode 101, From Shame to Fame, which was my interview with a friend of mine, Sean Croxton, who I gave him a 
white card, meaning I allowed him to ask me any question that he wanted to get my story out of me. This is not it. This is not my story. This is my story around my weight. And I'm going to do it in a format that is like a coffee date. So I'm going to talk to you like if we were sitting in front of each other with a coffee in our hand. It's a chat. This might not be for you. So if you're still anchored into weight is the ultimate goal of life, and I have to look like X, Y, Z, and I have to lose weight, and that is the only possible way out of my struggle, this podcast episode is not for you. I got to tell you right now, if that's you, you likely have to move on and go to another episode. This podcast is going to go deep and it's going to challenge a lot of the standard of society. So it's a beast. It's long, but has massive potential. So I hope you're going to stick with me as I speak from my heart. And at the end of this podcast, I'm also going to answer two very frequent question from the listener, which is why you think you need to answer to people who challenge your weight and how to deal with people who says you are harming yourself by not dieting. So these are two frequent questions from my student inside of my program that are on this journey. And I'm going to answer them at the end of either this long form episode or part two because I don't know how long I'm going to talk here. You're part of this experiment with me because we're just out for coffee day. So let's start. Stephanie 1.0, the first version of me, and the thematic of Stephanie 1.0 was, I believe something was wrong with me. That was the thematic of my life. And A quote that represents that very well goes as followed. Perception creates our reality. So if you perceive that your weight is a struggle or an issue, it will be an issue and a struggle. My driver in Stephanie 1.0 in that part of my life was to prove the world that I was worthy. And that was done via my dieting journey. That part of my life lasted from the age of 14 to 36. 14 years old is my first encounter with weight loss and dieting. At that point in my life, I was in absolute shame of my body. I was bullied at school, both for my height and my body. My family was trying to motivate me to lose weight to fit in society standard by bullying me. Now, they thought honestly from the bottom of their heart that that was going to work into motivating me. They didn't do that to be mean. They thought that was the way to motivate me. So it resulted in me being very shameful about my body, my height, and I used coping mechanism, various one from the age of 14 to 36, from food to partying, to drinking, to drugs. And it all came down to one thing. I did not have self-worth. 
But at that time, I didn't know that was the issue. I thought honestly with every cell in my being that the issue was my weight and my body. And I thought that I was deeply broken because I could not control how big my body was. And here's the thing, what I was living in that Stephanie 1.0 version is actually demonstrated by research today. So I've linked to four different studies in the show notes. So stephaniedoji.com slash 146, four studies that demonstrate without a doubt that the temperament or our personality traits is a huge part in developing body image, self-love, and eating disorder. So if you're doubtful about that, at the end of this podcast, you can go and check the show note. It's all listed there. And that's what I was living. But I did not know that. You don't know what you don't know, right? I thought that the issue was me, that something was wrong with me, that I could not control my eating, I could not control my weight, and I needed to fix myself. And to the bottom of the pit of my stomach, I thought this was real. So every aspect of my life was dedicated to proving my worth to the world. I did not know that. It did not express itself in that language at the time. So if you're there, know that you likely don't know that your issue is self-worth. And you're probably hearing that saying, this is BS. This is not my problem. My problem is with my metabolism. I gain weight. I'm a food addict. I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. So this is 1.0 version of yourself, right? That was my 1.0. And I stayed there till the age of somewhere between 36 and 37 till I ended up in therapy after I ended up in hospital, Go to my story, Podcast 101, you'll know all of this. Ended up in therapy, and my therapist forced me into stopping blaming others and looking within for the answer. And that's when Stephanie 2.0 became alive. So 36, 37, there is a possibility that nothing is wrong with me. So Stephanie 2.0 has now seen the light at the end of the tunnel, and there's a chance that I'm not broken, but I'm not sure. And a quote that sums up that part of my life is, I discovered that everything in life happens for a reason and with the best intention for me. a concept. My driver in that phase of my life was to find my worth. So this therapist led me to see that the issue was not that I was broken, but that I lack self-worth because of X, Y, and Z reason. And that the solution was for me to find my worth. Because at that point, I was depressed and really anxious, and I had panic attack and panic disorder. And 
she pointed me into the direction of my root cause healing solution. And so my mission became find my worth and trying to get out of dieting. And that was the toughest thing that I've ever done in my life. When people ask me, what is the most difficult things you had to overcome in your life or you had to go through was finding my worth, accepting that I was worthy as I was at that moment without any condition. Here's a crazy thing. I didn't think that I was worthy of being worthy. May no sense. It may mean no sense to some of you, but let me repeat that. I was under the belief that I wasn't worthy to be worthy. I believe that I had to earn my worth. It was incomprehensible for me that I could have this worth inside of me without having to fight for it, to earn it, to work really hard, to lose body weight, to change my body. And I fought to find my worth and I work extremely hard to find my worth. And I fought with this for nearly three years. And that's when the world of spirituality came to me because I kept trying with physical component to find myself worth, aka dieting, exercising, bodybuilding, all kinds of stuff. And I couldn't find it. I couldn't put my hand on it. And then I discovered that we were more than just physical. We were emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. I'm like, well, I'll never work on my spiritual being. So let me dig into that, right? And I dug into the world of spirituality, not with the intention of being a spiritual person, but with the intention of fixing myself. Now, I'm saying all of this because I've reflected and did a lot of work around all of this, but know that when that's happening to you, you don't know that that's what it is. All you know is that you need to find your worth and you're trying every which way possible because nobody talks about this stuff. Not to use another word, nobody talks about this. So I was on my own trying to figure it all out and it was a tough time and I hurt And how did I move from looking to find my worth to actually finding my worth? I moved forward by accepting that I was worth investing in myself. What do I mean by that? I mean that at that point in my life, I felt that I wasn't worthy of being worthy. And alongside with that came investing in myself, investing in myself in helping me find solution and simple things like buying clothes that fit. I didn't think I was worthy of that because to be worthy of buying clothes, you have to be able to fit in a size, a regular store size, right? The store I don't know, 10, 12, whatever regular sizing is, I had to be worthy of that. I wasn't worthy of buying program or participating in workshop 
that wasn't focused on my brokenness. So I invested a ton of money at that point into coaches and doctors and personal trainer because I thought them imposing me tough things to do was the solution. So for me to move forward, I had to find my worth on investing on other things than trying to fix myself, that I was worth this investment. And again, that was very difficult. I had to take risk and believe in myself, which was not natural. So if you're sitting there right now today and saying, I failed at so many things, Stephanie, how can I justify investing in myself and potentially failing again? I get that a lot from people who want to join my program. And that's how they think. I get it. That's how I thought. But let me just say this to you. Nothing will change unless you actually invest in yourself and prove to yourself that you are worthy. And here's one example of that investment. I took a course on intuitive eating. And part of the method that was taught in that course was to give up dieting, like give up food rules and food restriction, which at that point, I had been my whole life on food restriction and or food rules, or in that latter part of my life, I claimed that I wasn't on the diet, but I was restricting food group with the face forward of I'm taking care of my health. When when I was alone with myself, I wasn't doing that for my health. I was doing that because I wanted to lose weight. And I invested in this course called intuitive eating because I knew that was the solution. But part of her method was to stop all the food rules cold turkey. And I knew I had to do it. And I knew that that was the right path to do, but it was extremely difficult. And the cost of that, of that method, came into me actually gaining weight. And not to say that this method was right and this method was not right, but that was part of investing in myself because I had to finally tell my brain that I was not going to restrict anymore that I was not going to feel deprived anymore, that I was not going to not eat enough and feel hungry. I was not going to eat less, exercise more, and suffer through that pattern. I had to prove to my body that I was actually serious. I actually had to demonstrate to my subconscious mind that this was true. And What happened with a cold turkey approach like this, I call that a cold turkey in which you go from one day to the other and having no rules, is that when you lift all the rules, your brain is like, oh my God, you mean we can have everything we want? And then I binge and I gain weight. And I had to work through that. I had to work through part of gaining back some of the weight was actually a journey towards healing myself. And that clearly my body felt deprived, that clearly my body felt unsecure around food 
and that clearly had a food rule issue. So this part of my life, even though I gained weight, actually pushed me into accepting a lot of the things that I was refusing to accept in the past. By gaining weight, it actually pushed me into I'm worthy no matter what. So back to that thematic of that part of my life, right? Stephanie 2.0, right? Everything happens for a reason. Gaining weight was actually a gift. Gaining weight was actually a gift in which it forced me to accepting myself as I was, as I am, no matter what my body looked like that I am worthy, no matter what the physical image I put out to the world. And in some way, you could say that I manifested that weight gain. Because I was so afraid of gaining weight. And I manifested this mindset that food was the enemy, that food was causing me all this trouble because that's all I focused on for 25 years of my life, controlling food, over-exercising, and that was the problem. And if I could only control that, and oh my God, if I don't have food rules, I'm going to gain 50 pounds because I'm not worth eating normally. So in some way, I manifested this weight gain, but it's been the best gift of my life because it really taught me through working through that, that I actually was worth it. And that brings me to Stephanie 3.0. Stephanie 3.0 is me today, and there may be 4.0 in the future, I don't know. Right now I'm at (laughs) 3.0. I know that nothing is wrong with me. I know that nothing is wrong with me. I know that I am worthy as I am today, no matter what I eat, no matter what I look. My worthiness does not reside in my physical appearance. And the quote that is the thematic of this part of my life is, Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the triumph over it. The triumph over my fear of gaining weight that I overcame. My driver at this point in my life is help other women find their worth. So I was facing my fear of gaining weight. And through that, I was learning to accept myself that I was worthy as I was today, that it was no need for me to get fixed. My worth was not about my look, how hard I work. It was an innate gift. Now, that does not mean that my subconscious mind is not tripping on me these days or sometimes, right? It's just mean that fundamentally I know that I am worthy, but I still have thoughts It's just like a bleep, just like when this question came in and it tripped my subconscious mind to think the old way, that I'm not worthy if I'm big, I'm not worthy if I'm fat, I'm not worthy if I gain weight. That still happened. 
However, it doesn't last for long. And I have the tools to deal with that thought that just comes in, right? I believe at this point in my life that part of our human journey on this planet is to learn and know ourselves better. Part of my journey was to learn and know that I was worthy. You can call that a spiritual journey. For some of you, it may be believing in God and that God made you perfect. Whatever your belief is, is irrelevant, but it's part of your spiritual journey. And that's part of my life, Stephanie 3.0, is when I really embrace the concept of faith. Faith for me, given that I'm not attached to a God-centric religion, is faith that the universe, you can replace the universe by the word God or the God of your choosing, the universe has the best intention for me and that this higher power has my back and that my non-alignment to what current society image, body image is, is actually a gift for me. It's a gift for me in my position as a leader, as a teacher today, to have that gift to be able to help others to accept themselves as they are today. So these are the three versions of myself now. When you're at that point of 3.0 and you don't fit the way that a woman should look like in society, modern North American society, I teach that in all of my program that the perception of what a female body look like is different today based on the country you're in, based on the culture you're in, and it's also different by which period of the human evolution you're in. So that's why I say I don't fit what today's body is for society in North America today. And with that comes a bunch of challenges. And that's where I want to get into answering the listener's question, like two more questions, because I don't get those questions. I'll explain to you after why I don't get those questions at this point in time, but many of you do. So here's a question when you have decided to accept yourself the way you are today, you have decided to not be part of the dieting mentality and suffer through that, people will often say to you, you're harming yourself because you're not dieting, right? And that's another question that comes in often from my students who are doing the work. So Here's my answer for that. And there's a big concept to understand here. It's a concept of causal versus correlation. And example of that, there is a correlation between heart disease and obesity, but obesity doesn't cause heart disease. Another example of that, smoking is correlated with alcoholism, meaning that most people that are alcoholic also smoke, but smoking doesn't cause alcoholism. Smoking can increase the risk of lung cancer, 
but it has nothing to do with alcoholism. So your weight does not cause health issue. Okay, I know some of you are like, whatever, this is BS. It's not true. Or some of you may be like, oh my God, is that possible? So if you're in the clan of like, oh my God, that's possible, here's a couple of resources for you. Number one, go to a podcast that I've already recorded six months ago with Dr. Jillian Murphy that is titled, Can I Be Fat and Healthy? And in there, we go through causal versus correlation. We go through the science as to why being fat does not mean you're not healthy. The second resources is health at every size. Health at every size is a movement of doctor, dietitian, and activists that teaches that the current guideline that are recommended for overweight and obese individual to lose weight with engaging into dieting and exercising actually does lead to weight loss, but it's short-term weight loss in which the majority of the individual are unable to maintain that weight loss over a long-term period, which then lead to unimprove health and mortality rate. Because for you to be healthy, it has to be consistent. The effort towards what drives health has to be consistent. The problem with the current approach to weight is that it leads to short-term result. Hence what I call the dieting cycle. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll insert a slide in the show note of the dieting cycle and I'll put it visually for you to understand. So the Health at Every Size movement talks about the concern that arise with the weight focus and the drive of health. So the weight loss focus that drives the reach for health in the current way we're approaching it is actually creating other problems. It's creating problems with food and body preoccupation. So the thoughts of food and body image constantly being in our head, repeating cycle of losing and gaining weight, repeating cycle of shame, guilt, and failure, repeat cycle that leads to reduced self-esteem, eating disorder, right? Most eating disorder come from a pattern of dieting and many other health predicament and weight stigmatization and discrimination. So this health at every size movement says, yeah, we may be losing weight, but here's everything else that comes along dieting that no one talks about. That's what I deal with in my practice every day. That's what I address within all of my program and my courses is all those side effects that most of us are living through because of our attempt to deal with our weight with dieting. That's what the health at every size movement talks about. And it's supported by science. So there is a study that 
looked at the approach of health at every size, which the approach of health at every size is about health gain instead of weight loss. And it comes through respect, compassion, accepting what is, and focusing on health behavior that are self-compassionate. So there's studies that have been done and the positive outcome of the health at every size negate all the side effect of dieting. So I've also linked in the show note to that study. It's a beast to read, but if you are interested in knowing that, you can also Google Health at Every Size. There's a great book from Linda Bacon on that. So to the question, what do you answer to people that says you are harming yourself by not dieting? My answer is, I'm actually preventing a lot of side effect by not dieting because my health is not linked to my weight. Weight is just a side effect in the same way that having high blood pressure is. Hope that makes sense. I probably will need to do a completely different episode on that, but I think I've given you enough resources to start understanding that. But yes, you have to educate yourself. If you're going to be in the opposition of what society wants you, you have to know that you're making an educated choice. So you have to educate yourself around health at every size. You have to understand correlation versus causation because when people do challenge you, you want to have an educated answer. Here's another question that often comes with my students who are working towards accepting themselves and ditching the dieting. What do you answer to people who challenge your weight? And to be honest, this is a tough one for me to coach on because people don't challenge me. <laughs> like they used to when I was young, like 14, 15 years old, but today, I cannot remember the last time that someone challenged me personally about my weight. And in part is because I don't exude that because I am confident into what I believe and what I do and what I teach that people actually get triggered to open their mind when they see my body and they see the work that I do. But if people were to challenge me, Here's how I would react. The first thing would be compassion would come out of me. Because for people to challenge me about my weight, I know that they have very little knowledge about what health is. Or they're very unopen about the true causes of obesity. They choose for whatever reason to be centric around food and exercise and they're likely haven't had, like me, a history of emotional relationship to food, body image issue, body shaming. So they don't have the same background as me, and they are not wanting to put themselves in my shoes. They're judging me from where they're coming from with a non-open mind. So at this point in my life, what comes out of me is compassion and understanding that they have their own issue and they're very egotistical. And if someone was to challenge me, I would have compassion and I would politely 
ask them to mind their own business. I would create a boundary, a very healthy boundary between me and that person so that they don't come back at me again. And I would be very clear, but very polite to mind their own business. There's no point of fighting with people that are that ignorant and people that are that judgmental because you're just going to get into a very nasty fight and you're going to suffer as much as they do. So to answer that question, create boundary, politely ask them to mind their own business and have compassion for them because they don't know what it is to live in your shoes and they're not open-minded. So that would be my answer. So where am I today with all of this? Today, I'm at a place where my body is a happy place to be. I am grateful for my body, for everything that my body has done and will do for me and allowed me to live through. I am grateful that my body is strong and strong enough to have survived everything I have put it through. Because God Almighty, I did some terrible things. I practice what I call body neutrality. So if you don't know what body neutrality is, head over to podcast 135. Body neutrality is basically the bridge between body shaming and body positivity. When it comes to food, I don't diet anymore. I eat in respect of my body and myself. I believe that nutrition is individual to each one of you. You do have to understand what works for you or not. And for that, you have to be connected to your body because you have to practice what we call intuitive eating, which is to eat what feels good for you and avoid what doesn't feel good for you. And that takes work because when you spend 20 years being regulated by outside forces as to what to eat, when to eat and how to eat it, having to discover for yourself what to eat is work and you have to be connected with your body. So all that to say when it comes to food, I eat real food most of the time. I make love to my body by honoring my body, respecting my body, and practicing self-care. I take care of the machine that takes me through life. I take care of my vehicle. I sleep well, I eat well, I avoid toxin, I move, and I think healthy thoughts. But I don't diet. So I want to leave you with an exercise, an exercise that is extremely potent for the student in the Going Beyond the Food Academy, a journaling exercise that allows you to put things in perspective and to realize, is it time for me to go beyond the food? Is it time for me to explore another solution? So this journaling exercise is very simple and it's going to go as follow. You're going to take your journal and you're going to write at the top, I'll be in a happy place when, and you're going to write what is the condition there. So currently, what prevents you from being happy? Most of us is going to be around this body weight thing, food, behavior, situation. And then the next question is going to be, what does that prevent me from doing or being? So basically, I want you to explore 
what your weight, food, body image issue prevents you from doing. So for an example, for me, my weight struggle, my body image issue prevented me from investing in myself. It prevented me from simple as buying clothes, buying clothes that fit, that makes me look good, that makes me feel good. It prevented me from traveling because traveling was always conditional that if I lose weight, then I'll invest and buy this for myself. If I'm a good girl, I'll get that. Being in a weight that society deemed acceptable prevented me from doing the work out of my heart, which is what I do today, because I didn't think I was worthy to teach other women how to be comfortable in their body because I didn't have an acceptable body. So for you, two questions, I'll repeat again. Number one, I'll be in a happy place when, put your condition, be aware of your condition, and then the next question you have to journal about, and this is going to be longer, what is that preventing me from doing? What is the rules that I have around why I cannot do this because I haven't achieved the first one. Now, if you resonate with my story, if you resonate with this approach and you're like, yes, that's what I need to do. That's what I need in my life. Or you're like, I know this. I know what I need to do, but I just can't do it. Here's what I want you to know. It's a quote again. I'm a fan of quote. And the quote is, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. So what led you to be here today, the solution to get out of here and get there is not in repeating the same thing you've been doing. So for most of us is the solution is not in a new food thing, a new exercise thing, a new diet thing, a new restriction thing. The solution is looking where we haven't looked yet. And to do that, you may need some help. You may need to buy a book. You may need to get a coach. You may need to get a program. You may need to get someone who can help you understand how to change your mind because it's a mind thing, right? But bottom line is this, you're going to have to accept the fact that you need to do things differently and that you need to invest in yourself. So a couple tools for you. Number one, I have a free tool that's called the audio training, how to change any eating habit, especially the one that's sabotaging you. So it's in the show note, or you can go to stephaniedodi.com slash training. Second tool for you is a program that I have that's called Claim Your Food Freedom. It's a low investment program. It's a self-study program. We talk about, and I teach you why you eat, and I get you to discover your own trigger. We talk about emotional eating, how to stop emotional eating. We talk about how to eat, so how to change the way you put food in your mouth. And we talk about what to do to stop food restriction. So that's self-study, it's low cost, it's $97, and it's a great starting point. From there, you do this course and you're like, oh my God, I feel so much better, that's what I need, and I need more. Then you move on to the Going to Beyond the Food Academy This is an advanced training. This is serious. This is 12 modules. It is 14 weeks. 
It's one hour of theory lecture every week. It's one hour of coaching every week. There's a community and there is homework. This is like going to university. So the academy is $6.97. It's more expensive. It's long-term. So if you do claim your food, your freedom, and you're like, yes, that's what I need. I want to move up. Then we kind of give you a discount for the $97 that you invested in Claim Your Food, Your Freedom towards the registration to the academy. So you're kind of not wasting any money. So instead of paying $697 for the academy, you'll pay $600. We'll give you back the $97 if you want to move forward. So there's all kinds of solutions. These are the solutions that I didn't have. That's what my purpose in life is. My purpose is to give the tools and the approach that I didn't have when I was in the depth of my own struggle. So I hope this will help you. I hope the tools will help you from the free audio training to potentially the academy. I hope this episode will help you reframe your weight struggle. And I want to end this way to answer the very first question, which is, Stephanie, can you share how you deal with your weight struggle? To this listener, my answer is very simple. I don't have a weight struggle, so I don't struggle with anything. So I hope this episode helped you. I have a huge favor to ask all of you if it did help you. Either share this episode with another woman in your life that needs to hear this message. This message is not going to be publicly posted on the New York Times newspaper because it goes against everything society wants us to believe. So it has to be a grassroots movement. So please share this episode to other women, to your social media, to wherever we can get to gather this message out to other women. If that is not your thing, leave me a review. Leave me a review on iTunes. Send me a direct message. Tell me how this impacted you. Review helps me rank the show. So one of those two things I would be forever grateful. We have a great episode coming up. So next week, episode 147 is going to be another different episode. This one's going to be about how to know if a non-food approach is the right step for you. I'm going to have a quiz for you. Isn't that cool? So for those who love quiz, going to do a quiz together in this episode. So I hope this episode brought light into your life. I love you and I'll see you on the next episode. I really am starting to see myself as perfect, just, just the way that I am. It's the first time in my life that I realized that my self-sabotage was really fear of failure. For me, that's huge because I would have normally sat there and ate the whole bag. And I ate like two or three bites of it and threw it out. Because normally I would just sit there and shovel in the cake and go, oh, that was good. What's next? Sometimes I'll go into the kitchen. I'm going to eat a banana and I stop and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not even hungry. Then I'll walk away from it and go on and it's over and done with. Do you eat for other reason than hunger? Maybe eating because you are stressed, frustrated, bored, or because you think you deserve it. I struggled with craving, overeating, and even binging on healthy food, no matter what diet I was on. 
keto, paleo, organic, whole food, nothing stopped it. And maybe you feel the same. Tired of dieting, over-exercising, and yet another fad program. Or maybe you're overeating and binging and wish you could just be a normal eater. I thought I was alone. I was sick and tired of being a victim of my food urges. Who wouldn't be? Do you feel stuck with your eating and body right now? I want you to know one thing. You are not alone. You aren't broken. If food hasn't been going the way you've planned, know this. It is not your fault. Sadly, most women keep repeating the cycle of yo-yo dieting because they rely on old strategy like restriction, discipline, and the worst one of all, willpower. Perhaps you believe in eating more intuitively and would love to trust yourself around food but are afraid of trying because honestly, you just don't trust yourself or worse, you've tried before and you fail. So that's why I want to peel back the curtain and show you exactly how I changed my relationship to food and the one of my client going from overeating, binging and emotional eating to food freedom. And quite frankly, it is completely different from anything you've heard before. Claim Your Food Freedom is a 21-day journey to dissolve the hidden blocks, the emotional blocks that keep you stuck and finally stop sabotaging yourself with food. Claim Your Food Freedom is a four-step mapping process that will take you from where you are now to food freedom. You see, everything will change the moment you are willing to see beyond the food and understand why you eat. It's about transforming why and how you eat so what you eat becomes easy, natural, and peaceful. Health, well-being, self-confidence, satisfaction, and success are all byproduct of you looking beyond the food to unlock your food freedom. Plus, I'll coach you on specific roadblock that may get in the way from you being free from food. Probably the things that made you fail before. The constant hate on your body, the all or nothing attitude, aka perfectionism, fear of failure or even shame. And lastly, time management. If you are ready to step into a new version of yourself that eat normally and is at peace with food and maybe even your body, head over to www.claimyourfoodfreedom.com and I'll see you on the other side.